philosophical, theological ground. So we'll read through that as we do this morning and discuss a little bit off, off microphone. So if anybody wants to get in on that, that's a special session. And, uh, and then we'll go public here tonight. With the, in the evenings, we'll have recitation of the Leelas of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. I'm going to proceed in this way for some time now. Um, and I want to begin with the Leela narrative in the, the middle of the seventh chapter. As I said, a lot of philosophical ground, really the whole basis in, in one sense of of the philosophical, the tattva of the book is is covered uh, in the in the beginning, first six and a half chapters, where Kaviraj Goswami explains his Mongol verses. And then, in the, middle, the, the, the seventh chapter deals with the last Mongol verse. And then, in the middle of that chapter, he begins a narrative of Leela that um, kind of stands out because it's not followed by a consecutive Leela here. And the Leela that is cited here, again, is repeated in more of a chronological order later on at the end of the Madhya Leela, the middle section of the book. So he thinks it's important enough to narrate it twice. And um, and here he seems to introduce the idea, it comes on the end, if you will, of his glorifying the Panchatattva and the method of Sankirtan and how they, in his language, they plundered the wealth of uh, Prem, and through the form of Thompson Kirtan, they distributed it everywhere, and no one escaped the the loving, the Prem Mahajal, the great net, as it's said in the Christian term, that I am not a fisherman, but a fisher of men, something like that. <laughs> not a fisher of man, but a fisher of men and women, both. And so... This was Mahabharata's punch that was net that they cast, if you will, into the ocean, Babasindu, of material existence to catch up all of us fishes drowning therein and uh, bring us into this into the, into the net of, of love, Prema Mahajal. Hmm? So, uh, uh, I think that's the phrase used. And um, so... Having said that, and glorifying as he is in the beginning of this chapter, the Panchatattva, now all these five tattvas have been explained, and so they all come together, and how they, who they are ontologically has been discussed. Who is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? Who is Nityananda Prabhu? Again, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the, is the Godhead, the Swayam Bhagavan himself, who Bhagavan, Narayan, Paramatma, and Brahman are aspects of wow and uh, and so you you have to have this center the, the perfect object of love and then you have to have what expansions of that personality of God in the spiritual world to correspond with different sentiments of different devotees so Nityananda Prabhu is the beginning of that expansion and he represents in the Panchatattva the whole of the various expansions in Golok and in Baikuntha hmm, 
of forms of the Godhead that accept service in a niti lila from different devotees steeped in the different sentiments of dasya, sakya, vatsalya, madhurya, and so on. And so, in order for this dispensation, this great gift of love of God to be taken advantage of, the idea here, in one sense, of the Panchatattva is these things are needed. You need the Godhead, you need the expansions of Godhead in the spiritual world, and you need to take it to the material world. So you need now an avatar, from avatara, crossing, crossing from up to down, into the, into, from the world of tra- trans, trans-temporal, trans-spatial world, hmm, to the world of time-space. Hmm. So you have the principle of the, the Godhead, this expansion, the Prakash, and now the avatar. So you need that. And of course, the avatar needs to be bearing something, the good tidings, the gift, and the gift is bhakti. Hmm. So this is then the other ingredient, element that's required, which is, which is the method and, and the goal itself, and the knowledge about it. That is the samanda. Hmm. Knowledge about bhakti, bhakti itself in practice, and bhakti in, in perfection. So, again, you have the Godhead, you have these expansions for varied possibilities of loving experience, and you have the avatar crossing out, and he brings the gift of bhakti. And what else do you need to make it all complete? You need the devotee, you need the jiva, (laughs) you need yourself. And yourself has to be a unit of consciousness, not an American or a man or woman, something like that. So that tattva is also there. So these five together are uh, the kind of composite of the descent of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, whereby this this dispensation is made possible. You make the dispensation, and in order for it to be real, there has to be things on the other end, and so on and so forth. So these are the five. Hmm? Panchatvat become Krishna, Bhakta Rupa Sarupakam, Bhakta Avataram Bhaktakyam, Namami Bhakta Shaktikam. So two Shaktis, Jiva Shakti in perfection, hmm? imbued with the Sarup Shakti, then the Sarup Shakti itself, the Srivas and Gradhar respectively, the two Shaktis. And then the three Prabhus, the three gods, the God himself, Krishna, Chaitanya, his expansion, Nitinanda, and his avatar. Advaita. And these are principles. So there are many types of expansions. There are different types of avatars. Hmm? There are different types of bhakti, as we know. Hmm? And jivas can be of different types, too. There can be eternally liberated ones, and then there can be ones that need to be liberated. And then they'll be liberated by different methods, by kripa, by mercy, or by, by sadhana, and so on and so forth. So, in principle, in general, these are the this is like the composite. So it's a, it's a doctrine of five truths, panchatattva. And so in this chapter, glorifying the panchatattva in terms of how they as persons, these principles, these realities, these tattvas, appearing personally in the world get together and this is what they do. They inundate the world by inaugurating the, the hearing and chanting of St. Kirtan of Krishna Nam and so on and so forth. So he's talking about that and how, how a comprehensive of a method 
methodology they've brought to the world. It's easily easy, and it goes everywhere, even if you don't want to take part in it. You're blessed by it nonetheless, and, and so on and so forth. So he talks about it in such a way as to say, nobody can escape this. This it's, 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 it's inescapable. But he makes a point, he says, except for one group. Hmm? And they assiduously, assiduously avoided it. Hmm? And that is the Mayavadins, hmm? who say that God has no form. Hmm? Means God is blind, deaf, dumb, lame. He has no legs, no tongue, no ears, no eyes. <laughs> Not very complimentary. Hmm? Even though there are so many statements in the scriptures about the transcendental nature of the form of the Godhead, the Mayavadin does a kind of a sleight of hand and says these are just provisional descriptions. Reality is near visesh, without any qualities, indeterminate. There's no form, there's no individual jiva. Hmm. That's all an illusion, so on and so forth. So this is a very opposed um, to bhakti. It's antithetical to bhakti. You can just give me a nod if I got that right. Or, you know, otherwise, I'm not correct myself. Uh, dictionary over here. So um, he places this, this lila here, and he gives an example now, in the context of the lila, of how the Maya bodies try to escape Mahaprabhu's influence. Hmm? And did their, did their best and offended and went, went against and so on and so forth. So he, he, he begins this narrative here. Again, as I say, he, it's a kind of a, it's not in any chronological order, but it's as if having described the Panchatattva, the spiritual world, the reason for Mahaprabhu's descent, external and internal, the nature of the Jiva Shakti, the 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 um Shakti, and I'm just kind of overview and so forth, touched on all these points, some of them gone to it gone into it at depth. It's as if he wants to say, and by the way, this has to get out of your head, this Mayabad idea, which is a which was a prominent idea in the religious circles at the time. Goal of life is Mukti to attain that, yet to be born as a Brahman and take sannyas and enter into Nirvishesh Brahma. So his idea is not Mukti, it's Prem, Prema Puartumahan Anjumapurusharta, beyond mukti even. Not dharma, not artha, not kama. Not even moksha. That's something in which moksha is included within and is negligible and result by comparison. And that is the, and that, and that goal, that ideal, that gift is prem. So, so it's as if he wants to add this philosophical point in here. What not to do and what, what how you have to get this Mayabad out of your head to understand bhakti and proceed on the path. Hmm. Mahaprabhu here is, starts out, he's on his way to Vrindavan, and as we'll see, he meets the Mayabadis. He ignores them. He goes on to Vrindavan. He comes back and stops in Benares again, and then he deals with them. So this is where we kind of enter here. Hmm. And again, he seems to want to make a point and with all the philosophy and theology I've given so far, let me make one other point, and I'll do it in the context of the Leela description. Mayabad is not what we're talking about, in case you didn't get that. <laughs> we're not talking about that. 
Mm -hmm. is to kind of reiterate in a negative way, so to speak. This is what it is, and this is what what it's not. So we'll read a few verses and and see how they 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 speak to us. Just a little bit. He says, "Brindaban joyte prabhu rahila kasite mayavadi gantamle logila nindite." Well, Mahaprabhu was passing through Barnasi on his way to Brindaban. The mayavadi group vilified him in many ways. So, this is on the way. Okay, from, he went to Bengal, Bengal to Vrindavan, through Barnasi, and there is the Barnasi's famous place. You've heard of it. What's the other name for Barnasi? Banaras. Banaras. And the Ganges is there. It said, if you want to eat, go to Gujarat. And if you want to die, go to Kashi. This is an old name, Varanasi. And then there, all the along the ghats, the, the, uh, where the river pulls up, and they build steps that make stone steps down to the river, and you can bathe and so forth. So there's many bathing ghats, but many, many places for dying, so burning, there's always a fire of cremation going on there. People go there to die, enter the cremation, and have their ashes thrown into the Ganges. And it's very much, has been, as far as I know, still is, a center for uh, Ghanis. And um, in Prabhupada's language, in personalists, Sunyavadis, Mayavadis. It's not a uh, friendly place for devotees like Navadweep, Jagannath Puri, Vrindavan, even so many other places. It's a little anti uh, bhakti by comparison. And it's all about dying. And the fact that you've got to die and and uh, we know that, of course. And that's part of our teaching as well, but we have more of a positive um, orientation. So anyway, this is, he went, he's passed through Barnasi on his way to Vrindavan. It's almost like to go to Vrindavan, you have to get this Mayavad stuff out of your head. So he passed through, and what did he do first? in relation to the sannyasis at Parnasi and so forth. We'll hear they criticized it. He just ignored them and went on. Hmm. So if you've got some taste, you just ignore the Mayavad stuff and go on. Hmm. If you need some reasoning about it, then we'll come back on the way back. you defeat them with philosophy. Sannyasi huye kore gayana nachan na kore vedanta pata the various offensive uh, sannyasis, they said this. Sannyasi hoi kori gaya nachan. Although he's a sannyasi, kori gaya nachan, he's always making for singing and dancing. 
What's that? Is the idea. He says, Nak kore Vedanta pata, kore sankirtan. Instead of studying the Vedanta, which is what the jnanis do, they take the aphorisms of the Vedanta, like like Zen cones, and meditate on them, and and try to understand the implications, and they study the scriptures really closely, and so forth. Study Vedanta. So, he, he, this, he though he's a sannyasi in dress, is what they mean. He, he doesn't take any interest in studying the Vedanta. Instead, he's dancing and chanting in the streets in his uh, in his Sankirtan. I mean, I had experience once. This is a little different, but uh, just to give you an idea, we were in South India and we were involved in a uh, ritual installation of a deity at one of my Gabriela's ashrams. She put down Maharaj, and the Ma- and he invited the Madhvas who were nearby to come and perform the sacrifice. And it was very, very colorful and rich and so forth. And afterwards, then we took the deities and brought them up to the altar, and we accompanied them with Nams and Kirtan, with the Murdangas and Kartals and so forth. And these Madhvas looked at us like we were from the moon. They thought, what is that? What are they doing? It was very foreign to them, that form of worship. Another time I was in Rishikesh, and we were going to this uh, Lakshmi Narayan temple in the evenings on the bank of the Ganges there. And we would do Nams and Kirtan. And the Pujari there, he was from the Ramanuja Sampradaya. And he just he said, what is that? He really liked that, the Kirtan. When we were going to go, we told him the next morning we were going to go, he asked if he could come with us. He liked our enthusiasm and our new religion, as he thought. And then he thought on it overnight, and then he, and he, had, and he sent a question. He said, I want to go, but do I have to change my religion to go with you? So I'm just making this point that the Sankirtan, as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu performed it, was a little different. We hear the stories of him doing it in Abhidweep, and even the Hindus were complaining, what's this? He's chanting the name, it's going to lose its power. And it's one thing if you want to chant to yourself, but up all night, you know, bowing on drums and jumping around. And so, so it's a bit revolutionary. And these learned sannyasis who sat all day and studied the Vedanta, they didn't get it. They, didn't, they couldn't draw from there what our Goswamis have drawn from there and see what they've done. Nana, Shastra, Vichara, Naikanipanosa, Dharma, Samastapako, Lokanam, Hitakarano, With great compassion for the people of the world, they studied all these revealed scriptures and they drew out of here, out of them, and wrote on that basis of that, what they drew from them, in such a way that it was like, you read them and you think, oh, yeah, I mean, this is obvious that the old Bhakti is the is the way. Bhakti is the goal. Namsan Kirtan is the method, and it's very clear. And you know, how could anybody think otherwise? So so much for sitting for you know your whole lifetime studying the Vedanta, and not not figuring that out, not getting that, hmm? studying the sacred scriptures, and not being able to draw that. This is what the Goswamis. Then we kind of take it for granted, and, but they they really did something extraordinary. Shrinivas, I quoted him. Acharya has written this song, uh, Sad Goswami Astakam, Eight Prayers Glorifying the Goswami. He said, Nana Shastri Dharma Samstapavo. He studied all the revealed scriptures, and you see it. I mean, I remember when I was young, 
reading Prabhupada's books for the first time, and I'm thinking, he's quoting this book, he's quoting this book, he's quoting, how many books has he read? How many books are there? What's this Shruti, this Purana, this, 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 you know, it's, and I thought, man, holy cow. It's like, wow. And I realized later that he had the advantage of, to use Sridharmarsh's analogy of the Goswamis, who, if you wanted to make a jeweled necklace, you would have to drill holes in the gems. That's hard. But they did that, and then left for us to come along and put a string through them. Hmm? They did the ground-breaking work of excavating from the scriptures the essential teachings of bhakti in a way that Vyas himself was advised by Narada to do and did by way of rewriting the Bhagavad Purana. There was already a Bhagavad Purana, but he rewrote it. Hmm? He went into trance and Samadhi came out as advised by Narada and rewrote the Bhagavad Purana known as the Srimad Bhagavatam. And he did this in order to express bhakti as the means and goal and no uncertain terms. And still, hmm, people don't get that from the Bhagavatam, but the Goswamis, they went in there and drew from elsewhere as well. And it was such a wealth. You take a book like Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, there's nothing like this about bhakti. Hmm? There's no book like this that explains, it's a popular term, bhakti, but it's uh, it's an incredible um, dissertation on the nature of bhakti. You just look at it and start reading and go, I think this guy knows what bhakti is. <laughs> this guy's into it. He, he. So anyway, they, and then so many, in, in their books, they're quoting so many texts and so forth. So Prabhupada had the commentaries and he was drawing from them. Of course, he was doing groundbreaking work, obviously as well, coming to the West and putting it in English and, and in understandable terms and so forth. Um, but this is our heritage. And people have opinions all the time. Sometimes they say, write it down. Let's see if you contradict yourself in the next 15 minutes. You know, they've, they've taken some trouble here to lay it all out and make a, a comprehensive philosophical um, presentation that we call Guru Vedanta. So anyway, here these, these fellows are studying, 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 and, and, and they only are come up with, in the face of it, offenses to Namsan Kirtan, thinking, what's this? this is not appropriate for a sannyasi. People can go out and dance and chant, stuff like that. Emotional people, sentimental people. Hmm. But we're supposed to control our emotions and turn off our sentiments for the world and so forth and, and be still and... Hmm. All this variety for the senses, it's all illusion, there's only one, there's no individual, so forth. Very dry and um, limited idea, if not mistaken idea. So they go on. I mean, Kavirash is explaining them, kind of paraphrasing what, what, what they say and how they think, how they thought. Of course, he's got his notes He's drawn this off in the notes of, of Raghunath Das and Srupdhamada and so forth. He says, Murka sannyasi nija dharma nahi jane bhavuka huya vire bhavuka sane. He says, Murka, that means a fool. He's a fool. It means he's illiterate. This must be an illiterate guy. Hmm? 
Again, the idea was you had to take birth in a Brahmin family, which means an educated person, learned person, who studies the scriptures, and then from that birth takes sannyas, and then you could enter into Brahman, was, was the basic idea. So this guy's a murka, they think. They're talking about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Murka, fool, an illiterate person. Murka sannyasi. <laughs> he's a sannyasi, but he's illiterate. Nija dharma nahi He doesn't know what the, what, the, what the appropriate dharma for a sannyasi is. Babu kahoya pere. Babu kersane. He's absorbed in... He's a babuka. Emotionalist, a sentimentalist. Of course, where else do we find this word? What does it say there? And this is the third verse of the Bhagavatam. In the Mangalacharan of the Bhagavatam, you have your Namaskar verse, right? What else do you have? Offering obeisances to the deity of the, of the book. You have the Vastunadesh verse, describing what the book's about in essence. And then you have the Ashirvad verse, giving the blessing. This is the Ashirvad verse from the Bhagavatam. Hmm. Oh, people, Nigamakobaturo Galitam Palam. Approach the tree of Vedic knowledge hmm. and pick from the tree. You could get all knowledge from there. But this book, this book is the Nigamakalpaturo. Kalpaturo means a tree that you can get all your desires fulfilled from. So it's a tree of knowledge. And from this, this book represents Nigamakalpaturo Galitam Falam. Not only the fruit of the tree, but the fallen fruit means that it's ripe, so it's easily. Approachable, you can pick it up. You don't even have to climb the tree. Get out on a branch to get that. Oh, <laughs> no, it's very uh, easy to pick up. And it's been taken, another way of talking about it is it's, it's been taken by Sukadeva Goswami, who's like a parrot, tasted it, made it sweeter, and he's handed it down. The Guru Parampara. And so we should drink this fruit, it says, of the Bhagavatam. And what will happen is you will pass out. When you wake up, you should drink it again. It is a book for Bhavukaha, same word is used here. Rasika, Bhuvi Bhavukaha. So it's using a term that can be translated as emotionalist, a sentimentalist, but here in relation to sentiments for bhakti. For Krishna, hmm? not a dry sannyasi, hmm? pessimistic, dry sannyasi. Hmm? Like in science, you, know, you dissect everything and what the world's really about. There are no real colors. There are no real smells. That's how they think now. Those are just subjective things that we project on the real world that doesn't really isn't really constituted of those things. Hmm. Of course, the problem is, how do we do that if our brain is just one of those things? Hmm. 
and our mind is just the brain. Where anyway, that's the whole. That's where we come in, right? Um, but this is a as the science kind of dissects the world. So the mind, Bob. So the, uh, the, the, the these Ganis, they dissect the whole thing, and and it's it comes to the knowledge, and the knowledge is that that what you're not. You're not this, you're not that, you're not this, you're not that. You just are. In some way you are. And so it's kind of like denying diversity and love requires variety and difference, obviously. So it's not a a doctrine of love, it's a doctrine of knowledge. It can only be thought of as a doctrine of love in as much as it distances us from a semblance or a shadow or a reflection of love. Hmm? That is really is attachment and, and is not based on knowledge of what it is I'm dealing with. Hmm? I'm dealing with something that's here today and it's gone tomorrow and I love it and, and it's problematic because he changed. <laughs> right before my eyes. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's only a loving doctrine in that sense, and that's a big thing to move away from exploitation, attachment, in the name of love and so forth. But that's where they stop. And so this display of Mahabharata Sankirtan, in, you can imagine the spiritual emotion he's in, singing, dancing. Hmm? And he's recently, more or less recently, taken sannyas, and he's on his way to Vrindavan. He wanted to go Vrindavan from the day he took sannyas. And he was stopped by Nityananda Prabhu. Hmm? He took sannyas and left to go to Vrindavan. Nityananda Prabhu went after him and found him in a trance near the river. And he said, where are you going? He says, I'm going to Vrindavan. What are you doing here? He says, oh, well, I came here too. And, you know, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, why don't you come over here? And he takes him over to Advaita's house. He says, how did I get to Advaita's house? I thought I was in Vrindavan. And what was it? This is a meeting of the Jamuna and the, Vrinda- and the Ganges there. So he, one on the other side. So, so he, if you're the Jamuna, you're at Mandavan, so he didn't lie, but you know, Bhakti can be a little tricky like that. The preachers of Bhakti. And then Mahaprabhu realized, oh, you, you, you told me I was in Mandavan. Yeah, we weren't in Mandavan. And then, of course, his mother appeared on the scene, and he thought, oh God, what, am I th- what have I done? Dressed up like this. I'm a sannyasi. I shaved my head. I've, I've given up my family and friends, and how can I do this? You know, Mother, I put myself in your hands. And of course, she told him to go to Puri, but he wanted to go to Vrindavan. And then once he was in Puri, that urge surfaced again. And now he is, and he made it an attempt, and he was unsuccessful to go. Hmm? Now it's his second attempt, and he's already in Benares, so it's a short hop here now to Vrindavan, and he's doing Nams and Kirtan. Hmm? He's got one associate with him, Balabhadrabhatachar. They've gone through the Jarahari. Jarikanda Forest, where he made it. He made, he's dancing with, I mean, he's dancing in Sankirtan with lions and tigers and elephants. If only the Prakashananda, the son, leader of the sannyasis, had seen that, he might have thought a little differently about his emotionalism. Hmm? Hmm. He got even, even wild animals to, to chant in ecstasy. So, so this is quite a display, and they don't understand it. And so they're critical. Hmm? And um, at the same time, we see in his criticism of Mahaprabhu, what the word he uses, 
we can almost posit that somehow or other Saraswati has itself been thought in cases like this, the goddess of learning danced on his tongue to make it praise Chaitanya Mahaprabhu at the same time without his understanding it, although he was a big jnani. Hmm? So unbeknownst to him, he was actually saying the truth, hmm? that uh, he, that this is beyond the study of the Veda. In Vrindavan, they don't study the Vedas. That's not required there. They're just milk people, hmm? loving Krishna. And they pay their respect to the rishis and ask how they can get Krishna's association, something like that. So um, what he's saying is, is accurate. He's not interested in studying the Vedas. He's not interested in that sannyas dharma. The whole sannyas is a bit of a ruse. He took it for a purpose just to try to get the difficult people. Hmm? After all, again, this was the culture of the time that the sannyasis were all from Mayabadi sects. Hmm? So it's, said that it's thought that Shankar, mostly Shankar formed the ten orders of sannyas, hmm? the, the, the Saraswatis, the, the Tirthas, the Vons, the... Um, Mabharati, so that's the last one, yeah. Ashram, anyway, there's ten of them, ten orders. He established this monastic order. Hmm? Now, we have the Madhvas and Ramanujas with their sannyas order, too, but what was dominant, really, was this um, ten orders of, of sannyas established by by, by um, Shankar. And Mahaprabhu took his sannyas from one of those Sannyasis one of those orders from the Bharati order, which was thought to be the low end of the orders. It's thought that Shankar, at some point, was displeased with some of the Bharatis, and so he he um, made a curse that the Bharatis would revolt against their own gurus and do unbecoming things and so forth. Hmm? And Mahabhu took sannyas from the Bharati, of course, he revolted against him at the, on day one and questioned the mantra that he was receiving. Hmm? Is this the mantra you're going to give me? Yes. And is this the meaning? Ah, oh, then Keshav already had an epiphany and he no longer was a Mayavadi. Hmm? He became a Vaishnava at that time. So but, uh, the curse of Shankar was upheld by Mahaprabhu, hmm? the followers of the Bharati lineage. That's why Sarvabhoma seeing here, his name is Sri Krishna Chaitanya, but he's from the Bharati order. Well, that's not good. So he wanted to adjust, make a titular adjustment and give him sannyas from a higher order. Hmm? So, Mahabhu took the low end there. Hmm? And of course, the person of his sannyas guru, Keshav Bharati, turned him into um, a lover of God. Hmm? Um, But anyway, here, hmm, again, without his, his, his really understanding it, his criticism of Mahaprabhu can be seen as, a, as, a, as, a, as an accurate uh, glorification. Hmm. And um, yes, he's a sentimentalist, but his sentiments are for Krishna. They're otherworldly. Hmm. And he is bringing a doctrine not of knowledge, but that which knowledge is a byproduct. Mukti is a byproduct. It's a small thing. It happens as an incidental 
part um, result of the culture of praying. Therefore, liberation is thought to be um, insignificant. Hmm. One of the characteristics of 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 of, of, of Uttam Bhakti hmm. it makes light of that. And so, anyway, uh, yeah, he was not very well understood and criticized. Hmm. Did I miss a point? Hmm. No. And so, Eshab Shuniya Prabhu Hase Mone Mone Upeksha Koriya Karo Na Koila Sambhasane. So, yeah, the ten sannyasi orders, they thought they had the monopoly. This is my point on sannyas. And it was thought that if you become a sannyasi, you become Narayan. So they would re- refer to Om Narayan, Om Narayan. So the sannyasi becomes uh, God, it was thought. This was their idea. The jiva becomes Brahman. Mahaprabhu was very much against this idea. He took sannyas to dismantle this idea. So, Eshab Shuniya Prabhu Hase Mane Mane Upekya Kodiya Karo Na Koila Sambhasane. Hearing this uh, blasphemy, Eshab Shuniya Prabhu, Prabhu heard this and Hase Mane Mane. What did he do? He, hmm? he laughed to himself. He smiled. These fools, <laughs> what do they know? <laughs> they're criticizing me for my chanting and dancing and they think they're learned. Hmm? Upekshukuriya karo na koila sambhasane. So he just re- neglected them, ignored them, and avoided them. So this is one teaching of Mahaprabhu. Avoid them. Avoid them. Their association will not be helpful to us. And of course, if you have the power, then you can expose the shortcomings of that idea. This is, it's, it's, it's not... If you want to teach based on what the sacred texts say, then there's a very good argument. This is not what it says. It doesn't teach that there's no jiva. The jiva and Brahman is, is entirely one, are entirely one. It doesn't teach that the God, it has no form, no qualities, and so forth. Oh. If you're standard of knowledge is such the scriptures and you're in that circle, then this case can be made very well. Upeksha koriya koila matura gaman matura deki apuna koila agaman Thus neglecting the blasphemy of Barnasi Mayavadis, Mahaprabhu proceeded to Mathura. After visiting Mathura, which is a whole other chapter or two we'll come to in a year or so, um, he returned back Barnasi. Kasite Lekaka Sudra Shichanda Shekar Tanra Gare Rohila Prabhu Satanta Ishvara. And what did he do? Now it, it says that he stayed at the house of Chandra Shekar, the who was from a family of Doctors, and he himself was a was a cleric, a clerk, and um, 
thought of as a sudra or kayasta, kind of a glorified sudra that that had that would could hold administrative posts and and so forth. But he, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, was this. Now we're going into the Varnashram here, the social religious system of the time of the culture. And Mahaprabhu was a sannyasi and a Brahmin. Only a Brahmin could take sannyas. So, highly cultured person, Brahmin, sannyasi, supposed to be a mukta, and at the same time living within the social religious system, the etiquette would be what? That he would not stay in the home of a sudra. That was the standard. But Swatantrishwar, Mahaprabhu, Sri Chaitanya Dev, Ijai. Swatantra means, Ishwar means he was God and he was fully independent. He did whatever the hell he wanted. Hmm? And his devotees come in all forms black, white, red, yellow, sudra, kshatriya, whatever. Hmm? He said, indeed, I'm, I'm none of these things in, in relation to the Varnashram. And by the way, anyone from any of these statuses, if they know the tattva about Krishna, they're my guru. Hmm? I want to speak and live with them. I worship them. If they can tell me the truth about Krishna, ye Krishna tattva beta, say guru hoi, I consider them as my guru. He said this to who? Rai Ramananda Kijai, who was a, also a Kayasta, hmm? Sudra. And when they met at the banks of the Godavari, the place of Mahabhu where they met, there, discovered by our great Pujapad, Bhakti Raktakshidadev Goswami Maharaj Kijai. Hmm? That place. I like that place very much. I've been there. Good fortune. I've been there. At that time they met, they embraced, they, they bathed one another in one another's tears. Mahabrabhu had been advised by Bhattacharya Sarvabhoma after Sarvabhoma's conversion, and Mahabrabhu decided to go south and they couldn't contain him there in Puri. Then Bhattacharya said, All right, well, you're going to go. But if you go, I think there's one person you should surely meet, and that's this Ramananda. He never understood him before. Kind of a strange guy what he would talk about, how he would represent the scriptures and so forth. But having met you, now I know you and him are the same stock. And if you meet him, you'll be very happy. So they, he went on Sarvabhoma's request, and of course he found him out, they met, they bathed one of their tears, and all the people, what's this, a sannyasi? Embracing a sudra like this? What's going on? So these are ways, and there are numerous occasions where this, is, this kind of thing is brought up. This is another one where Mahaprabhu crossed over the, the, the barriers of the social-religious system and the ethical, moral standards of dharma when they got in the way of his prema-dharma, its pursuit and its dispensation, its distribution. Hmm? Distribution. Hmm? You don't dispensate it, but <laughs> there is a dispensation that you distribute. So uh, here, this is the point he's making, of course. He says that Tare Tanra Ghari Rohila Prabhu Swatantra Ishwar. Hmm? 
He stayed in the house of Chandrasekhar because he's completely independent. Swatantra hmm? Ishwar. He can do whatever he wants. He's not bound by Barnashram. Chatur Vanyamayashtam Gunakarma Vibhagasaha. That's the next line. Chatur Vanyamayashtam Gunakarma Vibhagasaha. See, we're so rusty. We know the verses, but if you don't practice them. Chattu Varnam Ayashishtam Guna Karma Yubhagasaha. Vidyakartaram Avyayam. Vidyakartaram Avyayam. Vidyakartaram Avyayam. He says, I formed this Varnashram Dharma system. I established it. But I'm not in it. It, it really is what the verse is saying, says, but, but it has nothing to do with me, really. I mean, I made it for people in general, but even Vaidhi Bhakti curses doesn't do much for me. What to speak of Varnashram? Sarvadharman pritajamamikam, sharanam braja. Give it up. Come to me. Obhavitam is hammering on this point again and again and again to the religious public of the time. To distinguish what Bhagavatam, and this is what Mahaprabhu is about, from ordinary ideas of, of Dharma that won't even get you to Bhakuntha, to speak of, to go loka. Hmm. So this system, he's, he's stepping on ahead of it here by staying in the house of Chandrasekhar. Who is Chandrasekhar? He's his devotee from Navadweep. Hmm. He knew him there. Hmm. Tapan mijer ghari bhikkha nirvahana sanyasira sanga sange nahi manini mantran. Tapan mijer ghari bhikkha nirvahana. So at the house of Tapan Mishra, bhikkha, nirvahana, he would... He would, Biksha means like the bag, so he would get his meals there. Hmm? He ate, it means, at the house of Chandrasekhar. So Chandrasekhar was a Brahmin, so Chandrasekhar did the cooking. Hmm? He stayed with, excuse me, Tapadmesha was a Brahmin, Chandrasekhar was a Sudha. They were close friends and associates. They'd get together and discuss Harikata. They were the only devotees in Banaras. And everybody around in Mayavadis. Only talking Brahman, Brahman, maybe Paramatman, 1880, nothing. What did Mahabharata say? Dure Harikatamra. Shotam api Upanishadam dure Harikatamrita. Kampasu Pulagareo. He said that those aphorisms of the Upanishads, Ambramasmi. Tattamasi, neti, neti. He said, dure harikatamta. This take you very far from where you can go with harikata. Hmm? Through harikata you can get astasatvikavikar. All the transformations of ecstasy. Hmm? And enter the land of ecstasy, Vrindavan. Hmm? There they were in Banaras hanging out with one another and all the people around no interest in these topics in fact offensive to them hmm? and so 
Mahaprabhu meets with them. Why are they there? Hmm. You think, why are they there? It's not a favorable place. Hmm. Well, with regard to Tapanmishra, Mahaprabhu sent him there. Hmm. And he didn't want to send them on. There was no devotee, so there was one. <laughs> Chandrasekhar, for some reason, for employment or something, he was there. Hmm. And so they... Naturally, they somehow, of course, by the transcendental system, they met. And there they kept together Thai's association, and they chanted about the one. Two of them chanted about the one, and the two became three. Mahaprabhu came there. Tapan Mijri lived in East Bengal. When Mahaprabhu was a young man, married Lakshmi Priya, he was teaching grammar. And so it was suggested by some of his students and for earning some money and gaining some students for the family life, could go to East Bengal and teach. So he went on a yatra to East Bengal and was teaching at the Padmavati, along the banks of the Padmavati. And there was a Brahmin named Tapan Mishra living there. And he was very well studied, learned, in all the scriptures and in Brahman, but he could not ascertain on the strength of the study of the books what was the goal of life. And he would talk to this person or that person and they'd have a different interpretation and emphasis. He was earnest in his appeal and interest, but he couldn't get a conclusive answer. So he was very forlorn, very distressed. And then he went to bed and a dream and a god... Goddess appeared in the dream and said, Shuna, Shuna, Dvija, listen, listen, Brahman, Shuna, Shuna, Dvija, Paramasudhir. Oh, listen, listen, he says, Brahman, Dvija means a Brahman, twice born, who are Paramasudhir, who are very, very sober. Dira means sober. Sudhir means very sober. And Paramasudhir, you're a very sober, sincere person. Really want to know the truth. This is your living for this. I'm coming to you by divine arrangement and I tell you this. Go along the banks of the Padmavati and Narayan is there in the form of, Shik- of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? And he will talk to him and he will tell you what the goal of life is and how to attain it, and do not tell this to anyone. He woke from the dream, and he was startled. And immediately, and joyful, immediately he went, and there along the banks of the Gandhis was Mahaprabhu, in my pandit, with his students, teaching grammar. And he approached him, beautiful young Nimai pandit, he was only like 20 years old, he and asked to 24, 25. Hmm. Very young, early 20s, something like that, maybe. Hmm. Very handsome, all his students there. Hmm. And he approached Mahaprabhu hmm. and he said to him, Ami Ati Deen Hinjan. Ami Ati. Ati Deen Hinjan. I am Ati Deen. Hmm. Very fallen and lowly John person. 
this is my position. Actually, the goddess knew he was very learned, very sincere about the truth in his pursuit, and he thought himself be just very low person, and and but he was approaching Mahaprabhu, and he said, "I want to know what is the sadhana sadhya, what is the means and the goal, the goal of life, sadhya and sadhana, the means to attain it." And Mahaprabhu revealed himself to him as Narayan and told him, you chant Hare Krishna. He said, what is that famous verse he taught him? No other way, no other way. Hare Nam, Hare Nam, Hare Nam Eva Kevalam. The holy name, the holy name, the holy name, only the holy name. Hare Nam, Hare Nam, Hare Nam Eva Kevalam. Only the holy name, only the holy name, only the holy name. Kalo in Kali Yuga. Nasteva, Nasteva, Nasteva. No other way, no other way, no other way. Famous verse Mahaprabhu quoted to a few people, but here he spoke it to Tapan Mishra. And then he said, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Chant this, this is the goal, this is the means, and by it you will attain the goal of Prem. And by the way, I am Narayan himself, I am God, actually, and I am not a sannyasi. <laughs> Just see me, see me, and no one else could see. And he said, and do not tell this to anyone, what I have shown you. And then Tapanvisha said, fell at his feet and said, let me join you, I'll follow you, I will be a part of your entourage. Mahaprabhu hmm? said, you go to Benares, and left. And Tapanvisha went to Benares, wondering why Mahaprabhu was sending me to Benares, of all places, getting there. By chance? No. By divine arrangement, he meets Chandrasekhar. They make a pact, and they're living there, family men. And from Tapan Major and his good wife, a son's born. And eventually, Mahaprabhu comes, and he's bathing in the Ghat with the Bindu Madhava temple. And Tapan Major looks up and he sees this effulgent young sannyasi. And he thinks, I heard through the, by keeping my ear to the ground, hmm, that Nimai Pandit had taken sannyas. News of this had rippled throughout the, the subcontinent. Nimai Pandit, Nadia has taken sannyas. He's gone to Puri. He said, That must be him. Hmm? Looking different now, with the shaved head and so forth, and approached him, and and so Mahaprabhu came to stay with Chandrasekhar to eat at his house, and at a time when his son, hmm, who became the great Raghunath Bhatta Goswami, Sri Raghunath Bhatta Goswami ki jai, hmm, was old enough to render a little service to Mahaprabhu, hmm, learn something from him. Hmm. He stayed with them, ignored the sannyasis the big show in town, hmm? where if you went and you didn't associate with them and talk to Prakashananda, you didn't, you didn't get anywhere, you didn't do... 
your time was wasted. Mahaprabhu just ignored them. Stay with two family men. Sak <laughs> Prakas and the stars for he had like so many sannyasi disciples, huge, huge following. He was the big guy, the Jagat Guru. Hmm? Try to stay awake, I know it's hard. <laughs> well, he worked hard. And Mabu ignored him and stayed with two householders and played with their son. Hmm? Raghunath <laughs> Bhattu Goswami. Hmm? And Raghunath was old enough to do a little cooking for Mahaprabhu. He was an expert cook. Hmm? Mahaprabhu said, when your parents pass away, then you come to meet with me. And much later, of course, Raghunath Bhattu did follow that instruction and came to meet Mahaprabhu in Puri. He stayed in Puri for eight months with Mahaprabhu. Had opportunity to cook for him, to bring him Jagannath Prashad. Hmm? Would so recite the Bhagavatam, sing it in five different meters, tunes. He was told by Mapu, go and live in Vrindavan with Rupa Sanatam. There we go. He was very instrumental in the, in the building of the Radha temple, and he was the Pujari there. Hmm? And he would recite Bhagavatam and sing it in five different tunes. I had the good fortune to meet his spiritual descendants. Hmm? They sit all day, chant, recite the Bhagavatam. When Arti comes, they go to Arti, and they go back. Arctic, next they go back, thank you. Arctic, and back, Prashadam. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Raghunath Bhatt knew the Bhagavatam so well and had such feeling for it that they consider him an incarnation of the Bhagavatam itself. Again, what can we say? Raghunath Bhatt Goswami Ki Jai. So this is who Mahaprabhu was associated with hmm, in, in, in Banaras, and then he went on to. Vrindavan, and now he'll come back. Hmm? And and then at the plea of the devotees who are troubled by this, who can't stand the blasphemy, hmm? Mahaprabhu will make, cause one person to come and invite him to meet with the sannyasis, and then he'll go, and the conversion leela begins. Sriman Mahaprabhu ki jai. Krishna Skaviraj Goswami Mahashai ki jai. Sri Gaurnatananda ki jai. Gaur Bhakti Vrinda ki jai, Gaur Premanande, Vanchakal Paturubhyas Chakri Prasindu Veva Cha, Patitanam Bhavani Divashtam Vrinda Monamaha, Anandakuri Vrinda Vrinda ki jai, Gaur Premanande,